Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we are back with an instant reaction podcast here to Miami's 14-12 win over Virginia. Took four overtimes to get the win. Uh, Neither team scored a touchdown in the game. Um, Obviously, uh, let's just say this on the front end, right? You play to win the game. Miami accomplished that. I think, too, it's also worth noting the resiliency Miami showed in this game uh, to continue battling, especially on that defensive side of the ball. Um, You know, I I talked recently in a podcast about how, uh, you know, at times I don't recognize this program because uh, win or lose, when Miami uh, was good. They always fought in games. They would always fight, fight, fight till the end of the game. Uh, that element was missing against middle Tennessee state. That element was missing against Duke. There was certainly moments during the course of this Virginia game where, uh, Miami could have been frustrated and all poor us type of stuff. Uh, where they stick their heads in the stand, but that didn't happen. They uh, they kept swinging, kept fighting, again, especially on defense. We'll get into that here a little bit later. Um, but the resiliency in an ugly win to pull it off. Honestly, a game you probably should not have won, uh, but you found a way to win, and that's the bottom line in any competitive uh, venture. You're alive now in bowl eligibility still. I think if if Miami lost this game, it was going to be really hard to find three more wins. And just in general, right, you're going into Florida State game here. Three and five, uh, there's a big difference between three and five and four and four. So Miami is now four and four. Um, again, this game was gross offensively. I would argue... Eh, it wasn't perfect, but I, I'd say beautiful defense at times. Um, and then Andy Borregales came up big. Um, and, and in general, too, this team needed the confidence boost of a win. Uh, there's a significant swing of emotions uh, if we're talking about the difference between a two-point win and a two-point loss. And this team, uh, coming off that Duke game, needed to just go out and find a way to win. They did that. 
so let's talk about the defense, right? I, we, we talked about how they, they fought their tails off uh, to keep Miami in the game. Quite frankly, uh, Virginia drove the ball, I believe, three times inside, inside the 10-yard line. And Miami's defense bowed up every time, allowing only two field goals. And on one of those uh, red zone situations, Miami uh, got off the field on a fourth, I believe it was a fourth and one situation. So the red zone defense was excellent. Um, also within that, right, speaking to the resiliency, uh, the defense responded after giving up some frustrating explosive plays on those drives. Al Blades ran into DJ Ivy on a pass play, which allowed the receiver Ivy was covering. I believe it was Lavelle Davis uh, to run free. Lavelle Davis was unable to score. I believe it was Tyreek Stevenson with the tremendous effort to get him down uh, maybe inside the five-yard line. Uh, so Tyreek Stevenson gets a lot of credit for this win on that play in his own right. Um, and uh, Miami's defense made the stand. Um, and then Cam Kitchens missed a tackle in the open field on a swing pass to the Virginia running back um, who took the ball inside the 10 yard line as well. And Miami got the stand, the, the stand <clears throat> in terms of not giving up a touchdown. Uh, so yeah, defensively, this was a, this was an example of championship level fight. It wasn't championship level execution all the time. Uh, it's not a championship level defense in terms of talent, but the fight was there and that's something that they can control, uh, the players. And so that was very, very encouraging to see in my opinion, um, Virginia totaled 327 yards of offense on third down. Virginia was five of 16. Um, Miami had 11 tackles for loss and five sacks. And a lot of that credit goes to the defensive line play. Uh, Leonard Taylor was excellent. Four tackles for loss, one and a half sacks. Uh, from the interior defensive line spot, that's highly disruptive play. Four tackles for loss um, from that spot. Caleb Johnson was good. Six tackles, two tackles for loss. Uh, Caleb Johnson and Corey Flagg were paired together as the starting linebacker duo today. I liked seeing that. Um, finally, we're seeing that. Um, but in general, the whole D-line played well. Um, Mitchell Agude, seven tackles, one tackle for loss. Uh, Jafari Harvey, two tackles for loss. Jared Harrison Hunt, a big tackle for loss. Nigel Lee Kelly with a sack. So um, we told you coming into this game that Virginia's offensive line was really, really bad. Miami definitely won that matchup like they should have. Uh, Miami's defensive line whipped a really poor Virginia offensive line. Um, one second here as I let me take a swig of my water. All right. Sorry about that. Um, Andy Borgales, special teams. He came up big as well. 
uh, four of four on his field goal attempts. And, you know, look, um, I think, I think it's a big deal. Of course, he was the entire offense, uh, in this game, but also too, let's remember back to last year. Um, Andy Borgales had a field goal attempt to potentially win the game, um, near the end of regulation. Uh, Miami ended up losing that game 30 to 28 because, uh, Andy Borgales could not convert the kick. So Andy Borgales played a big, big role in converting and winning the game. Um, you know, particularly his, uh, overtime field goals, which were not gimmies in high pressure moments. Um, all right, let's talk about the offense. Um, let's talk about the positives first. And really it's just two things in my opinion. Number one, Miami did not turn the ball over. Um, it's pretty clear that that was the primary focus coming into the game, which makes sense after an eight, uh, turnover performance against Duke the previous week, Miami did not turn the ball over once in this game. Yes, Jake Garcia threw an interception once the overtimes went to the two-point conversion style back and forth, uh, but those don't count in the stat sheet. So uh, in regulation, um, Miami did not turn the ball over once. That is a good thing. Um, The other good thing, and again, this goes to as well protecting a new or first-time starting quarterback, Jake Garcia. It's pretty clear that Miami wanted to run the ball. Um, and they did that primarily with Henry Parrish, who had 24 carries for 113 yards. Uh, pretty much just a steady day for Parrish. Nothing overly explosive. He did have a long run of 18 yards, um, but really it was just a steady three, four, five yards a pop from Henry Parrish. Uh, and he looked fine carrying the load in the fourth quarter. Um, for the defense. Also, Jakari Brown came in in spot duty um, in, in his short yardage role, uh, picking up 28 yards on the ground on five carries. We also saw Jakari attempt some passes going 0 for 3. Um, so he got his feet wet a little bit in that regard as a true freshman. Now, the other side of the offensive coin. Um, just not a good day, obviously, uh, in the passing game. You know, I think it starts, again, to reiterate, I think that the approach, the thought coming in today was going to be conservative. I think it's clear they wanted to put the game on the defense because, again, Miami was coming off a disastrous eight turnover performance against Duke. Um and Miami was starting a first-time starting quarterback in Jake Garcia. So they really did want to make him comfortable with a run game. Uh, now, when it was time to pass, it was ugly, though. Um, Jake Garcia finished the game 15 of 29 for only 125 yards. Uh, his long pass of the game, I believe, was in the second quarter. Um Nice ball to Colby Young on the sideline in between zone coverage, uh, corner and safety, the little hole shot there. So 
that was a good ball. But overall, Jake kind of looked uncomfortable. Um, you know, I, I do think I want to go back and watch it, but watching the game live, um, well, we already knew coming in, right? Virginia secondary is a good secondary. It's not an elite secondary, but it's a good secondary. It's probably the strength of their team this year. Um, and so I think they did their, their top two corners did a really good job in coverage. And I think in addition to that, you know, Virginia made an effort to take away the deep shot that Jake Garcia likes to attempt because he does trust his receivers to go make plays. I think that's part of the reason why Miami did have success in the run game today. Um, because I'm, I don't think Virginia really had much safety help up in the box. Um, but regardless, took away Jake Garcia's deep passing game and forced him to methodically work the ball downfield in the short and intermediate passing game. And, um, Jake clearly wasn't comfortable double clutching a lot. Um, you know, just struggling to find answers on a consistent basis. Um, quite frankly, it looked, this offense looked similar to what we saw the first four games of the season when Tyler was struggling to find a rhythm uh, with this attack. So, you know, I just, I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm wondering, number one, is this offense just too complicated? You know, I think there's value to simplifying things, both with the quarterbacks and the skill players, just simplify things um, to make things easier uh, to operate and help provide confidence to the players. Um, and look, I just think, you know, obviously there's no excuse to not score a touchdown in modern day football, especially when, look, I, I mean, I'm not going to bang the table about the talent uh, Miami has offensively, but it's certainly talented enough to score more than 12 points without a touchdown at the end of regulation. That's inexcusable. I think it was 266 yards of offense at the end of regulation, 3.9 yards per play for the game. Um, you know, and, and I do you know, I do wonder why it's a trend this season um, for one side of one, one phase of the offense to have a rhythm and success. And why, like when that happens, why does it happen at the expense of the other phase? So the first three games or so, the, the run game was pretty good, but that was at the expense of the offense, uh, or, or sorry, the passing game. Then, you know, they tweak some things during the bye week. Tyler finds his rhythm in the passing game, but that comes at the expense of the run game. I don't understand why this offense has the ability to do both of those things. It's just they only do them independently game to game to game. They can't put it all together in one game. That has me confused. Um, and look, I don't think this, ha this is going to happen especially after Miami squeaks out a win, right? Typically these moves aren't made after wins. But I would be curious um, what this offense would look like if Frank Ponce was calling plays. 
That's the quarterback's coach. He was the Appalachian State offensive coordinator last year. Um, because, look, yes, Miami got the result. Miami got the win today. But the process to getting that result wasn't good enough on offense. Um, that's kind of indisputable. And, you know, again, I would not expect this to happen. Most coaches will not do this. Um, but the way the way the offense is operating just isn't good enough uh, in many different aspects. Situationally, the red zone, I mean, Miami got into the red zone too today and, and couldn't punch it in for a touchdown uh, once again. And third down uh, was putrid as well. So, you know, I think a coordinator can really make an impact in situational football. That did not happen today. Josh Gaddis came down and, and called plays from the field. That's likely due to two reasons. I, you know, first time starting quarterback. Um, it's good to have that face-to-face interaction, I think, in those situations to get an understanding about how the quarterback is responding during the course of the game. And also, too, in general, you know, I think it was good for him to do that because I do think he's had issues connecting with the players this year. And it's just better for him to be on the sideline so he can really get a feel for how the receivers are responding to during the course of a game. So we'll see. Again, Miami got the win, so I would be surprised if any drastic changes are made. Um, overall, recapping, Miami got the win. That's, that's the point of playing a game, get the win. Miami got it done. Yes, it was ugly, um, but I do think it's going to bring a tremendous lift in positivity and confidence to the team, which is what they needed. Um, you know, now it's up to the players to keep grinding and try and build on this performance. Um, we talk about how, you know, on offense, the run game can get going, but that comes at the expense of the pass game. The pass game can get going, but that comes at the expense of the run game. I think on the whole as a team, it's also time to put together a total performance by the offense and the defense in, in a game as well. And if that can happen this week, that would be excellent because Florida State is on the horizon. They secured an easy victory over a Georgia Tech team. So, um those are kind of my thoughts. Really, it was just, it's not much really to talk about, just a grinder of a game. Again, defense played excellent. If the defense can continue to play like this for the rest of the season, uh, Miami's going to be at least competitive in the majority of the remaining games this season. So we'll get out there. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Miami got the win. That's a tremendous positive. The offense, not good enough, but um, hopefully they can find some answers there. And until next time, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 